0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Palace Confidential, Mail Plus's weekly show bringing you all of the latest royal news and views. I'm Jo Elvin and coming up on today's show, wellness, leadership and philanthropy, what are the Sussexes up to now? And school's out for the summer, meaning the Queen is off on her holidays. And we have an exclusive interview with the writer of brand new West End musical, The Windsor's Endgame. Well, joining me for today's show are Royal writer, Victoria Murphy, and Mail Plus's podcast extraordinaire, making his debut on Palace Confidential, Andrew Pierce. A very warm welcome to you both. Now, Andrew, it's your first time on Palace Confidential, but you know a thing or two about the Royals, am I right?
1: Yeah, I do a bit. Um, when I was on The Times... Uh, I started writing about the royal family in the week of the death of Princess Diana, which of course was the most seismic event probably any of us have ever reported on. Mm. Uh, So I carried on doing that until I joined the Daily Telegraph about seven years later. And I was the royal editor of the Telegraph for three or four years. Uh, But of course, when I came to the Daily Mail, um, there was a feast of royal writers. But ironically, my first byline in the Daily Mail was about Prince Harry's charity uh, in Centre Bali, about how he'd have to borrow money from a very uh, well-known Tory donor called Lord Ashcroft, Michael Ashcroft, to keep it afloat. So, uh, and here I am now talking about Prince Harry a decade later.
0: So you're no slouch in this department. Well, Maybe you could yeah. host this show. No, I can no, have no, a week t- off. No, no, you can't
1: have any time off. You do it too, you do it too well, Jen.
0: Oh, dear, oh, dear. Flattery will get you everywhere. Well, we're looking forward to hearing all your opinions later on. This week, children across the country have begun their summer holidays, and if they're looking for something tantalising to read in the next six weeks, I'm sure they'll be thrilled to know there's a brand-new edition of Finding Freedom being released, every kid's favourite. The Daily Mail's royal editor, Rebecca English, joins us now. Hello, Rebecca. What can you tell us about this update? What is being covered?
2: Well, as anyone who watches this programme will know, Finding Freedom was the publishing sensation of last summer, a very interesting, if not kind of slavishly flattering biography of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and now they are bringing out the um, paper bag of the book and they have added an epilogue to it, a, a new chapter if you will and according to the publishers HarperCollins this will cover everything from Harry and Meghan's heartbreak, their choice of words not mine, um, at the loss of the Duke of Edinburgh, it will cover the really devastating loss of um, their second child and the fact they've gone on to very happily have a third child, Lily. It will cover more detail of their move to California, um, their plans for Archwell, which is the kind of production, audio and charitable organisation they've set up. So it is promising a wealth of detail. Now,
0: when the book was released, we speculated a lot about how much Harry and Meghan had actually contributed themselves to the book. Do we know if they've been sending notes to the authors this time around?
2: Well, I find this really interesting because, of course, Harry and Meghan have made very clear publicly, from their point of view, they did not cooperate with the authors. Now, I know for a fact they took a great interest in the book when they first heard about it and were very keen, probably as anyone would be who's having a book written about them, to find out what was in it. And um, the publishers and the authors of the book boast about having really unrivaled access to um, their inner circle of friends and advisors. And when you read the book, um, there's a wealth of very interesting detail, but, you know, detail that, uh, such as, for example, the emojis that Harry first sent Meghan when they were dating, the fact that she impressed him by just happily going to the toilet in the bush when they were on their first African holiday together, that kind of tiny level of detail that you just can't imagine uh, a friend or you know a contact or otherwise would make public without the couple's knowledge in some way so you know ostensibly no but I think the same questions still remain that we had last summer about how they could have got this level of information and what about the palace any reaction do you think Kate and William will be furiously pre-ordering on Amazon this new edition very unlikely although of course they will read it I mean they'd be daft not to Um, but I just know from the palace point of view they are they're not commenting they don't want to get involved but they're just I think they're just utterly fed up of this kind of drip feed of information and revelations coming from Harry and Meghan and their acolytes and they just want a summer without it quite frankly especially after what has been a really difficult few months with the loss of the Duke of Edinburgh I think everyone just wants time to kind of you know regroup regenerate, so to speak. I'm not sure they're the only ones. Thank you, Rebecca, for your
0: contribution there and insights. Coming to you first, Victoria, it has been a busy couple of years for Harry and Meghan. So is there? Is it perhaps right that there's an update to Finding Freedom? Well, it's
3: certainly been a very big year. The book came out this time last year. And since then, Harry and Meghan have said a lot themselves and they have done a lot. They've progressed with their new lives. We've heard a lot from them. I mean, I think this is the publisher doing their job and promoting their product, promoting this latest edition. But actually, if you look at the list of things that they are saying is in this update, a lot of those things are things that we have already heard from Harry and Meghan themselves on over the last year. Things like Meghan has written very movingly about her miscarriage. Harry wrote um, a tribute to Prince Philip. We know a lot about how they feel about the media so there might be some new insight but I think it's also highly possible that there's been so much fanfare around this book there's been so much publicity around this book historically and so much discussion and every aspect of it has been totally dissected but when it comes to actual revelations about the couple I think all the big revelations have come from other things from the Sussexes themselves in interviews or in Things that they have done or put out themselves, and I think that's the trend that's going to continue. You excited about the book,
0: Andrew?
1: No, I'm not, and, uh, <laughs> and, and I don't buy, take a minute to think. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't buy the line that that, that, that as Victoria said. It, the, the last book wasn't laden with extraordinary revelation. So we, they confirmed that she spoke at the wedding breakfast, but that had been reported anyway, so mm. it was confirmed. Uh, I think they should call the book something different too. I wouldn't call it Finding Freedom. I'd call it Finding a Fortune. (laughs) what they're doing is making millions out of his royal heritage nobody's interested in this book if he's just plain old harry wales and she's a a b-list actress from america in a tv series that i'd never heard of until he uh, got engaged to her Uh, and and here they go again they've just got their nose deep in the trough and they're making as much money as they can
3: you know if finding freedom if Harry felt that was the definitive version of his story, would he be writing another right. one? No, I think, you know, he is going out there and writing his version because he feels that hasn't been done yet. Yeah. And so that's the one his, to look his for. His truth,
1: that new expression, his truth. Oh. Yeah, pick
0: your own truth. Yeah, exactly. but, I, but I feel like, you know, if, if Finding Freedom had those revelations, then Harry would have nothing to say in his yeah. book. So, of course, there won't be...
1: Yeah, I mean, his yeah. book's going to talk more, isn't it? Uh, presumably, the publishers will want more detail about the breakdown with William, the breakdown with Catherine, uh, what really went on when they left the funeral of Prince Philip when uh, Charles rather astutely said, we won't go back in the car, it's not far to walk after, and they are all supposed to want to save the environment. They walk back, enabling Harry and William to have that sort of very public reunion of sorts. But I suppose they will then peel away even more layers of the relationship between the two brothers, which I think is really, really sad
0: but I have to say I hate myself for how much I want to know about all of that yeah. that you just described this is exactly yeah. right the interest yeah. level is so huge mm. and the
3: while the Sussexes are willing to talk about what has gone on behind closed doors and to put that information out there that, that, that is going to trump everything else that's where the interest yeah. is going to be
1: mm. and they have to do it to, for him to remain relevant because he's disappeared off the, off the face of the earth in the context of the royal family so he's got to keep reminding people he's here and he's also got to earn his bucks from uh, from the TV companies, from Spotify, from uh, Netflix. Uh, they need him out there in the public domain.
0: There's a lot of rooms to clean in that mansion. Well, as we were saying, Omid Scobie isn't the only person who's been putting pen to paper. Prince Harry has been scribbling away on his memoir, and now it seems that Meghan might be getting in on the action. Rebecca English, what is going on? <laughs>
2: Well, you're right, Joe. It's been claimed in New York that Meghan may be working on a memoir of her own. And also there's potentially a book from the couple themselves, a joint book on leadership and philanthropy. So it sounds like the um, Sussexes still have plenty to say for themselves. So we've had children's
0: books. We've had memoirs. We've got more memoirs coming. What, what's next? Self-help, perhaps? I
2: think the world is their oyster. To get, <laughs> it's whether there's a market for it. Um, and I don't know what the kind of latest uh, sales figures for The Bench was, but I, to be fair to them, a children's book is slightly different from this. I think probably the publishers will take it, take their cue from how well Harry's memoir sells next year, and I think that's entirely dependent on um, how much he wants to kind of dish, dish the dirt, so to speak. Mm. Thank you for that. Andrew, have you read The Bench? No. Have you got a couple of minutes now?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, and I
1: don't, I don't have children. I mean, good, good luck to her. But it's interesting, because I thought they'd gone off to this have this new life in California, so they could be ordinary private people, and yet all the time they're, they're trying to be out there in the public domain. And this guy, Scobie, saying that uh, th- th- they didn't cooperate with that book, he's now their propagandist. Yeah. If there's a controversy, he pops up on the radio or television to put their case with their explicit approval, and he's no doubt taken his, his briefing from them as to what to say.
0: The thing is, there will always be an audience clamouring for that content from particularly Megan, I, I would have thought.
3: I mean, I think there's an audience for everything that they do. And I think, you know, the bench shows that it, it received quite critical reviews in many places, mm. but it was still a bestseller. And I think that, that that's where we're at with the Sussexes. Everything they do gets huge amounts of attention and will do really well commercially. Um, but I, I think w- what's interesting is that the, the other projects, when they left the Royal Family... there was a sense that they were putting distance between themselves and royal life and that they were going to be sort of looking outward and that they were going to be working on things that shone a spotlight onto the causes they cared about and looking forward. And there's been a bit of that, but there's also been a lot of um, introspection, a lot of kind of self-reflection and being very open about that and a lot of looking back. And I think with Harry doing this book that is going to trump everything. That is the big moment that everyone is now going to be talking about in relation to this couple for the next year and a half and beyond. And we are therefore going to be looking back effectively with them because that, that's what this book is covering. It's covering his past. So the ability for other projects in which they might be looking forward or talking about other things to get attention, I think, is is... It, how can
0: you compete with Harry's memoir
3: about everything
0: well, that went on in real life? Yeah. The books from Harry and Meghan are reported, it says here to be looking into leadership and philanthropy, but also wellness. What, what, what are they? the qualifications? Yeah,
1: yeah, what do they know about leadership? What, what do sort they know of leadership? about well like What they, wellness. I mean she's yeah. she's very conscious about her figure and she's very, very conscious about health and the rest, but they're no experts. And philanthropy, what have they they've set up uh, their foundation, the charitable foundation, but they're not in the scale they're not doing a Bill Gates, are they? They're not in that league. So it just sounds the usual self indulgent, pretentious nonsense.
3: Anything to add? I certainly. <laughs> I mean, I certainly think there's going to be a lot, as with everything, a lot of scrutiny. And if they are looking at offering advice, or oh. the, the people are going to be looking at that, and you know, saying, well, it's all asking, questioning the expertise, certainly, I think, and they're probably aware of that.
0: I would have thought. Oh, it's fascinating. I'm sure we will be coming back to this subject again and again. But after all of that, I'm in need of a slight Harry and Meghan break. And luckily for Her Majesty the Queen. She's having a break. She's already to count to her annual summer trip to Scotland. Rebecca English is back with us now. She's off to Balmoral, the Queen. What? what how long will she be going for, Rebecca? She's just not just off.
2: She's there, actually. Um, and uh, she'll be there probably until early October. It's never confirmed when she comes back that's normally when it is now. I uh, I, I mean, obviously her holiday there has kind of incrementally got slightly longer and longer as the years have gone by. And at 95, you know, who can blame her, quite frankly? And this is rather significant, isn't it? It's the first trip she's taken to Balmoral
0: since the death of Prince Philip. We know the two of them valued their time there. I mean, how's that going
2: to be for returning to there for the Queen? Oh, huge! I mean, it's the place they love most together. And you know, as I've known from my personal family experience, um, when you lose someone close to you, either suddenly or at a kind of great age and after many years, it, it's it's not the day. You know, it's it's not the big things that really hit you hardest. It's the kind of the little everyday things and going back to that place they were happiest. Um, You know, walking along the paths and, you know, going to the locks and having the picnics and the barbecues where, you know, as Harry once said, you know, Philip was the barbecue king. Um, Doing those things where her husband would have been there by her side must be... Hugely difficult for the Queen, but she, I mean, everyone I know that has had a lot of contact with her recently has said she's being incredibly stoic, probably the strongest member of the family. And, and, and maybe being in Scotland will give them, um, you know, give her a crumb of comfort as well. And a lot of us are staying in the UK for our holidays this year. But what about
0: the Queen's family? Do you think a lot of those will be visiting her at Balmoral?
2: Uh, yeah, we do. I mean, obviously, it's a great, great summer tradition, Balmoral. So pretty much every member of the family goes up there at some point point. Um, and they really enjoy it. It's, it's very much away from prying eyes. There's, you know, hundreds of acres of highlands for them to tramp over. Um, and um, it, it really is a kind of a must in the family diary every year. Thank you, Rebecca. Well, I've got
0: two days in Norfolk coming up. I'm pretty excited about that. So it's only four months since Prince Philip died, Victoria. Do you think the Queen will be able to enjoy this break? I mean, I do think
3: so. It's important, obviously, that she has a break. She's 95 and she is still very much at the helm doing her job. Um, I mean, Balmoral is obviously a place where she spent a lot of time with Philip. He was very involved with the estate and they have a lot of memories there. But I think happy memories. And I do think that she's been quite pragmatic about his death. You know, he was 99. He had a long, full life. Um, And I think it's been interesting because barring the initial mourning period, um, from what we have seen of her since we died, since he died, sorry, I think has very much sent the message that, you know, she is very much carrying on. She's appeared, she's been very visible, she's been seen doing her job, she's been very bright, she's mm. been very upbeat. I think, it, I think it sort of sends the message for me that if anyone was thinking that Philip's death might change things, that it might encourage her to retreat, I think we're very clearly getting the message that that is not the case from the way that she has done her job since.
1: Yeah, there'd been a lot of speculation before he died that would she be cut to a Queen Victoria when Queen Victoria lost Prince Albert? She virtually disappeared from public view for years now of course prince albert was very young and it was early yeah. in their marriage so it was different but uh, and, and and the show must go on for her majesty of course but i still remember that very beautiful photograph that was released on the day of the funeral it was on the front page of most newspapers of the queen and prince philip in balmoral smiling almost they looked radiantly happy yeah. and it had been taken by sophie wessex so you could see how happy they were He was taking the photograph and how happy and relaxed they were in their own company. It was one of their favourite spots in Balmoral. And it'll be very tough for her, I think, when she goes back there, because if she hasn't been there already, but and, he, and he's not with her.
0: And also, you know, we've obviously famously, we talk about the fallout between Harry and William mm. a lot, but then there's also been the drama of Charles and mm. Edward apparently falling out. Do you think there's scope in this Balmoral break for people to build fences build build rebuild well, bridges it's
1: very easy to, to, to not see each other in Barramore. because yeah. Victoria there, there are there are thousands of acres of land actually up there yeah. but there's no doubt um, that Charles decision that um, Prince Edward will not be the Duke of Edinburgh uh, which was the wish of Prince Philip the dying wish of Prince Philip the wish of the Queen but of course she won't be around it's it will be Charles decision that that Edward is really not to get that title must of course some tension.
0: Well if like me you don't have a country estate to visit this summer you might be looking for some other ways to keep yourself entertained. Well lucky for us there's a new play The Windsor's Endgame which is playing in London for a limited 10 week run. It's based on the ITV series of the same name and it's a right royal soap opera with a few songs chucked in for good measure. Mail Plus caught up with the writer Bert Tyler Moore to find out just what's in store.
4: In our slightly fictionalised world, the Queen has just abdicated because she feels she's had a lifetime of service. And after the death of her beloved Philip, you know, feels it's time to put her feet up. So we're in a world where Charles has just been crowned King. And it's a big kind of conflict between Wills and Charles. Wills doesn't think that his father is fit to be King. And Camilla, who's our soap opera villain in the Windsors, uh, I mean, the plot's basically driven by the fact that she comes across the Brexit treaty and finds they've made a mistake. And instead of restoring powers to 1973, they've restored powers to 1173, making Charles the absolute monarch. So that's what Wills has to contend with. He's the kind of hero having to do battle with all that. And there's lots and lots of stuff about Harry and Meghan. (laughs) <laughs> and, and all the others, of course. Uh, well, Harry Enfield, I mean, I th- he was absolutely essential. I mean, he's just so brilliant in the TV show and he's going to be great on stage. Uh, but then a lot of it, 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 it all happened quite quickly. Um, it was all, um, uh, yeah, you know, an opportunity came up in, in, in one of the West End theatres, which apparently get booked up. You know, like years ahead, this little ten-week window. So it was all very, very quick. So I mean, some of them, you know, just some of the actors, were just kind of off doing other things. But we got a fantastic cast. Um, Tracy Ann Oberman is playing Camilla, and she brings a real subtle kind of evil to it. And and uh, and she, she's got a couple of songs as well. And so we get to hear, um, you know, Camilla doing a, a big sort of show-stopping song about, basically about Diana. It's, it's, so we find out what, what's been driving uh, Camilla, why she's so evil. And it's basically her jealousy of uh, Princess Diana. There's bits of it are almost like a panto, in a good way. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. maybe I shouldn't give it away, but there's a bit at the end which is, 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 a, is very like a pantomime. Uh, but a classy pantomime because <laughs> it's the whole family. <laughs> yes. Well, we we you know we had a meeting with Channel Four and you know positive noises were made, so the, there could well be a next series. Um, well, it, it would probably be lots of the same things that we're dealing with in in the stage show, which is very much the um, the sort of feud between Meghan and Kate and you know which in the stage show we're we're doing it all about the bridesmaids dresses which seems to be the uh the received wisdom that that's what their argument is about so that would feature a lot and it would just be the the usual you know the, the usual you know ongoing things of, of wills thinking his father's a bit vain and deluded and not the right man for the job uh, and and you know stuff will happen that's the brilliant thing about doing this show it's just like you know, some, some shows have like a, a definite shelf life and you kind of think, yeah, okay, we've, that was great, but you know, we, we've probably, we, we've probably, you know, done that now. But not with the Royal Family, it's just like, it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving, you know.
0: So Andrew, do you think there's any truth at all in this idea that Camilla is actually completely evil?
1: No. No. <laughs> Not me
0: either, but Tw- it's
1: fun. Yeah, I mean, 25 years ago when there were reports that people were throwing loads of bread at her in supermarkets, when uh, it, was, it was confirmed that she was in a relationship with Charles and everybody loved the beautiful young princess. But those stories weren't true anyway. It, nobody ever did throw a, a loaf of bread at her that we're aware of. But I think she's become um, quietly accepted. I think she's um, quite popular and I think people know she's incredibly important to... Charles, people have always said when Camilla's around, his officials say he's a lot less scratchy. Uh, so she's she's a good influence, scratchy. and yeah, and she looks good, and she's effortlessly stayed one step behind. Him. she doesn't find that difficult and if only Meghan had, had any sense she didn't what Kate Middleton did Kate Middleton was spotted having lunch more than once with Camilla before the the, the marriage <clears throat> she was taking advice from a woman who's learned very quickly how mm. to become a senior member of the royal family and I perhaps Meghan should have talked to Camilla and I'm sure Camilla would have would have helped her out mm.
0: yeah i mean what do you think about this idea victoria it's quite it's quite mischievous of them to be talking about Charles in this play wanting to return to an absolute monarchy
3: would you be in favour of that <laughs> no. definitely not in favour of an absolute monarchy not least because I think satire would not would potentially be banned in a dictatorship wouldn't it and it's very important I think that we can do that that we can have these things mm. we can we can laugh you know and um at the Windsors I have to say it i i watch it and I do think it's very good and very funny and I do think because it's really quite ridiculous it's Mm. so far removed from reality and it's obviously not affecting how people perceive the real life individuals because it's it's quite clearly so fictional exactly and I think that's what's very different to something like The Crown because The Crown is presented in a much more factual way it's much more based around around events as they happened and so whereas The Windsor's is just fun so yes to The Windsor's but
0: no to An absolute <laughs> monarch. <Well>, I absolutely <laughs> love the TV show, so I cannot wait to see the play. So, Andrew, do you think Charles would be up to the job?
1: What an absolute monarch! Yeah. Look, he agonises over the state of the nation already. He's writing <laughs> letters. Yeah. To, he's been writing letters to government ministers since he was 17. I think it would be too all-consuming for him, and uh, he would never get a wink of sleep. He doesn't get much sleep now because <laughs> he's still uh, writing letters about the state of the environment and the rest of it. But he might like the idea. He might like to be offered it.
0: He's, he does seem very public service minded. Yeah, he so, is. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Would well, he be the best one of the lot? Well, Princess I, Anne would be quite good, actually. She would oh, take to it very well. I think she'd well. be a bit no nonsense Cromwellian, don't you think? Yes, I think she <laughs> would be. There'd be no nonsense <laughs> I don't with know her, about that. And, and she's yeah. too total, you just, know. I'm so that really would be just a...
0: hoping that we are still joking.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> who knows? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking of Princess Anne's portrayal in The Windsors and thinking I don't want that in no, charge. absolutely. <laughs> but if yesterday's interaction between Prince Charles and Boris Johnson is anything to go by. I'm sure a few people might be asking if Charles could be in charge. That is all we have time for on today's show. Thank you very much to my guests, Rebecca English, Victoria Murphy and Andrew Pearce for joining us. We'll be back next week with all the very latest news and stories. We will see you then. Bye bye.